It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I was in the darkest spot I've ever been in society had a little leg on top of my head. People say to me, no, I'm like, okay, you're either very lucky or are you really being honest to yourself? It's just a government again, similar to kind of the, the housing crisis. Like the roads are a disgrace. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P. Thursday morning, how are you? You alright? Good. You'd be better than me this morning then if you are. Good morning to you. 0818 96 96 96, the number. The text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie. Great news, you know. The story yesterday, we told you about James Burke and we had his sister Margaret on the show, you know, James uh, works for a company here in Cork, he drives a truck for Altrans and he's lived in Cork for quite some time, he's 36 years of age, he was on holidays in Thailand and he was on his way home uh, in a taxi to the airport, he was telling his family, I'll see you soon looking forward to getting home after a great holiday and the next thing to know he's in ICU in Bangkok he got bitten by a mosquito he's got some serious form of dengue fever and the poor boy is in a mess and the family are broke at this stage because it's costing them two and a half grand or more to, a day to keep him in the hospital where he's getting fantastic treatment and he has been cleared to go home with an air ambulance of course that's going to cost them a small fortune and they set up a GoFundMe I was chatting with, with Margaret his sister yesterday you'll find the, the interview on our podcast if you're looking for it and they have a GoFundMe set up and when we were talking to them yesterday uh, that GoFundMe was in just south of 20 grand they need a hundred and something but it was just south of 20 grand yesterday we talked to Margaret and we did what we always do we sent that interview to our press contacts and it got taken up not just nationally uh, by the Irish Independent one or two other sites but it got taken up internationally the Mail in the UK picked it up and um, the story is gone viral as they say and I am delighted to be able to tell you that the GoFundMe to get James Burke home where he'd be going to hospital probably in Cork that GoFundMe now stands at a whopping 54,450 euro. Now bear in mind it was under 20 when we started talking to 
Margaret yesterday morning. So that is just brilliant. Uh, we posted it on our socials yesterday. We might just do it again this morning and see if we can't get a bit more into that kitty. It's not going to get him home. They need 100 plus to get him home, but to get him some part of the way home. And that interview is on our podcast if you want to listen back to it. That's just, that's great news. That really made my morning when I saw that this morning. That that GoFundMe now stands at nearly 55,000. It was only just under 20 when we were talking to Margaret yesterday. Our great friends of the Everyman are back with us uh, for another day. Uh, Today, we want to send you off to Soma. Or Sano, rather. Sano. Sano. Sano is Cork's newest pizza place. This is a serious pizza gaff down on Parnell Place. We're going to send you there uh, for a pre-show dinner on the 29th of December and then send you off to the Everyman to see Beauty and the Beast, the modern panto twist. Runs until Sunday, 14th of January at the Everyman. All the details you want, if you want to book for yourself, everymancork.com. But we'll send two families off to the panto on the 29th of December at 7 o'clock. And we'll send you before that for a pre-show meal for four at Sano. Uh, you need to earn it. As always, you need to earn it. So, kind of a double barrel question today. If I asked you what your best present ever is or was, well, someone, you can always think of that. And I don't mean, oh, uh, me, me mammy gave me a PlayStation. That's not what we want. What we want is the best present ever. But we want why it was. Why it was. It could be something as simple as a wooden spoon. But why was it? the best present ever. So what was the best present you ever had and why? And the explanation and the reason will win you the prize. The best explanation, the best reason that we have. That's going to run as it has done all week during the morning. Get us the text 083 396 96 with those, all right? Now back to uh, May, back to Cork's 96 FM Giving for Living Radiothon, which is back again next May, back around the 23rd, 24th of May, but this year's one, myself and Elmery were co-presenting here on the Thursday and the Friday morning, and as well as having all of the usual pre-recorded content that we do for Radiothon, we took some, some live calls again, as we always do, on the Opinion Line during Radiothon, and one of the people who called us that time was Jamie Ann, and at that stage, Jamie Ann had just had a cancer diagnosis and she'd a little boy and she just rang to chat with myself and Elmery about how things were going for her at that stage. I'm just recently diagnosed on the 28th of April with breast cancer but we're, we're being really really positive it's very treatable in fact the, the doctors have said it's not just treatable it's curable so you know we're holding on to that and, and we're taking every day with a smile so good, good. You have a little five-year-old lad, and I guess that was a difficult conversation. Or how did you plan that conversation? Yeah, well, we have Conog. He's amazing. And um, we were advised by the nurse to to tell Conog, um, you know, it's really important so they don't feel left out or excluded. And so we decided that just before... Any big change happened, for example, my hair falling out or something, um, that we were going to let him know. So last Sunday, we sat him down after his dinner and I said, um, you know, mommy's a little bit sick at the minute. She's got something called cancer. 
and he said, what's cancer? And I said, well, you have these little cells in your body and they're a little like Lego blocks. And cancer is when some of those little Lego blocks, they grow the wrong way or they go the wrong direction. And the doctor will give me medicine and that medicine will fix them back into the correct place and it'll even take some away. And he said, all right, okay. And um, I said, now the problem is that the medicine can make my hair fall out. Mm. And he said, all of it? And I went, yeah. And I had some scarves that I already bought. So I had them down. I said, but I can put these on my head instead. Do you want to try? So he tried to put them on. We, we actually had great fun doing that because he had them all over the place. Um, and then, then he said, it was funny because it was almost like he needed to have a physical representation of what being sick was. So he said to me, um, so when your hair falls out, will you need to have a rest? And I said, uh, I will, you know, I probably will. And he went, oh, great, that's okay. I can go around to me hall's house and play a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Ann, hello. Hello, PJ, how are you? So I'm great, but far more importantly, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm actually a bit emotional after hearing that video back again. But um yeah, I'm I'm doing absolutely brilliantly, thank God. You had some um, news recently. I did, yeah. So um I gone through my chemo and I had my surgery on the fourteenth of September and on the twenty first of September um, I got the news that I was completely cancer-free. Hey! How good is that? Yeah. <laughs> How good is And were you oh, expecting amazing. it to happen quite so quickly? I really wasn't, no. Um, I responded really, really well to the chemotherapy. Um, and in fact, I, I was cancer-free from the chemotherapy, but they didn't know that until after the the actual surgery. Right, right. Um, so, you know, it, it was just, it was amazing. Um, I didn't respond great to the chemo, but neither did the chemo respond <laughs> great to the chemo. <laughs> so was it tough, was definitely was it? worth it. Uh, chemo, chemo was, was tough. It was, but listen, it was all worth it. And to have this diagnosis of cancer-free now is just... The mm. absolute best gift that I could what, possibly what, what, be what given. What a Christmas so. present. Oh my God. I couldn't ask for anything more. Nothing more. I don't want anything more. So, you know. How's your little lad? And, um, oh, he's he's flying. He's full of excitement for Santa and, and everything. We have Alf at the minute. Um, so it's all going on, but um, he knows we've we've told him that the cancer is gone, mm-hmm. um, and my hair is growing back. Uh, he's not too happy about the hair. He said that it's not uh, the hair that it used to be. That right. he wants my yellow hair back. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone a little grey instead yeah. of yellow. So uh, <laughs> I said, "Don't worry, the yellow will come back." We can make we can make time. that happen. <laughs> That that can definitely happen. All right. Okay. So so and and did he get his Nintendo Switch? Oh, he did. He got the Nintendo Switch, um, and he's he plays away at it. Yeah, yeah. So he's he was a happy boy. Mm. But um, you know, I think it's 
it's amazing because, you know, little boys, little girls look to their mommies and daddies to look after them. Mm. And it was so heartbreaking for me to have to look to him at times to look after me. And when I did tell him that um, I was cancer free, he said, uh, oh, mom, that's great. That means I don't have to do anything for you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they always have the line, don't they? They do. That's <laughs> He makes me laugh every day. I remember Elmery sitting here opposite me that time. We listened to your call. And as Elmery said to you, she's a a teacher. And how you explained it to Mm -hmm. him, her eyes were as wide as saucers, listening to how you explained it to him. Where did you find the words to do that? Yeah, um, well, we were given advice. The Irish Cancer Society does have a book on how to explain to your child about a cancer diagnosis. Um, so that definitely helped. Good. And I'm a teacher myself, actually. So I think that kind of helped me um, explain it as well and, and bring it down to his level too. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, definitely there's so much support out there from the Irish Cancer Society, from um, ARC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have lots of advice on how to yeah, explain. Yeah, ARC, ARC is one of our Radiothon uh, charity partners. Like, what did they do for you? Yeah. Oh, they've been amazing. And, you know, I think after after I was given the, the cancer-free um kind of diagnosis they it, it was very strange mm. it was is there an emotional was, moment there when it hits you is there emotional but also I still felt scared so everyone around me was they were so so happy and and rightly so and but I kind of felt although I was happy and so so grateful um I was still scared. I still had anxiety. I still felt, well, what if this can come back? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was, I'm back into the wild again. <laughs> My appointments have stopped. Who's going to look after me? What if what if this pain in my head is something greater or, or, or so mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. So I went to ARC. Um, and I spoke to my oncologist as well about about how I was feeling because I felt incredibly guilty about the way I was feeling because I felt I should be a lot more grateful, a lot happier. And she had put me um, in touch with ARC or advised that I go to ARC. And, and my one of the nurses there, Mark, as well, uh, he was amazing, told me to go to ARC. And I did. And I spoke to them and they were just amazing mm. even as soon as you walk in the door there's just a sense of peace mm-hmm. there of calmness and um i spoke to uh one of the people there tony and he was great and he got me um involved in and signing up to different exercise classes um i'm going now for um my first counseling appointment actually next week um with one of the nurses there um so you know arc for me have just been outstanding that's a great Um, that's a great endorsement of them and and yeah it's it's even after that everything is okay they're still there for you which is which is fantastic yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's afterwards where 
everything kind of hits you about what has just happened over the past few months. Um, because when you're going through the treatment itself, you don't really have time to think about things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so definitely ARC, you know, for me has been has been a lifeline. So, yeah. Well, well, this is the best Christmas present you could ever have had. This is this is a, this is a real wish come true from when we talked to you back in May. You you were you were you were nervous and you were scared even though the news was good, the prognosis was good. You were nervous and you were scared. There was a song, Jamie Ann, that you heard here on 96 FM not long after that conversation has become very important to you. Oh, yeah, it was it was the Tuesday after my diagnosis. I was driving to work and my head was just all over the place and Trustfall from Pink came on and I pulled over to the side of the road and I listened to it and I just thought, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can do this and I am going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that just came to be my fight song. And every time I hear it now, I... It reminds me, it brings me back, it gives me the motivation and 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 that fight and you know it does. It's very meaningful. I made a video of of everything from the start of diagnosis to the end of diagnosis and I have it on in the background. And every time I watch it I just I tear up, you know. It's so therapeutic actually. Mm. But um but yeah, it is. It's it's definitely my fight song. Well, it's hundred and sixty one days till the next Radiothon starts. Mind me, I do that kind of thing. It's hundred and sixty one yeah. days to the next Radiothon. So we're gonna book you in for day one because we're gonna find out how you're doing when you come around to the Brilliant. next one, all right? And have a wonderful Christmas. Your little boy's name is Conog, isn't it? Conog, Conog, yeah. All right, well, have a wonderful Christmas yourself and Conog. Thank you. What's your other half's name? Pika, can I... Oh, Connor. Connor, okay. Connor, can I just say thank you to a couple of people? Of course you can. Yeah, can I just say, like, thank you to... All the people of Newmarket, Skullvara and Kentark, the people in my hometown of Colleville and Cross Midland, um, the support that I got from the people of these communities has been unbelievable. And I can't thank everyone individually. So this is a great opportunity to do it. I just want them all to know how much I appreciate what you've done for me and keeping my spirits up and messages and kindness and of course my family my mom and dad brother and sister and in-laws my husband you've all been amazing so thank you so much all right listen have a happy christmas with all those wonderful people jamie ann enjoy thank you so much take care thank you for coming back to us and this is for you Isn't that the best Christmas present you could ever get? Now, that's how you win as well, by telling us the best Christmas present that you ever got and why. And that's with the Everyman today. 0818 96 96 96. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM.
Christmas with your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Do you remember Joan who was on the show with me last Friday? We, we were talking about couriers and, and how busy they are this time of Christmas and how stuff goes missing. Uh, Joan was on, she said she has a package that had just vanished into thin air and she was trying to deal with the courier company involved and she wasn't getting anywhere. Um, she got on to us overnight. She said, hi PJ, just to let you know, the company I purchased the items from are going to refund me the money. Uh, great news, somebody somewhere has those goods now for free. You apparently have seven days, you have to wait seven working days from the anticipated delivery date before the parcel is deemed to be missing. But Joan has gotten her money back. Thank you for that. 0818 96 96 96. Now, loneliness, thankfully it's something I've, I've never suffered from, but it's a, it's widespread and people suffer in silence from loneliness. And ironically, that's the thing that makes it worse when you don't talk about it. Brendan, you want to give some hope to people uh, dealing with loneliness. You've, you've been through there and come out the other side and now you want to help people. Good morning. Yeah, basically, uh, PJ, hello to yourself, hello to the people of Cork, and especially cock an ear out on the phone if you're lonely today, because this is your time now. We're not going to just be a talking shop. We're going to have solutions today before the end of this call. Um, I have a history of running friendship clubs up in Dublin. Uh, Brennan Kilkenny's my name. And basically, I... There's a momentum developing all around the country because I feel of what I'm doing on how to, on to try and conquer this loneliness. Last week I was on national television and radio and this is the first of four interview, radio interviews all around Ireland that I'm doing today. Anyway, PJ, my story in a nutshell... Um, a very extrovert person. How could he ever get into a trap of loneliness? You were an entertainer, weren't you, Brendan? I remember your uh, name. I was involved in, involved in everything. Uh, reality television, uh, ran friendship clubs, worked on seven radio stations, including a love song station, and ended up on my civil service career, last eight and a quarter years out of 30 years, Office of 370 people, and they got me to do all the speeches when people were leaving or having their birthdays, when they were having tea parties on a Friday afternoon. So you can imagine Brendan full of adrenaline, full of life always. Then, retires on the 9th of April 2021, the middle of COVID. Basically speaking, the following two and a half years, see the way I'm talking lower? That was the way I was talking. I was a complete shadow of myself. Everyone was saying, Bren, how's your retirement? I was telling them 90% of the truth. I'm having a fairy tale. It's absolutely brilliant. I was out playing pitch and put. I was reading all the books I'd never read before, playing all the records I'd never played. But what was the 10% I wasn't telling people about? I was feeling empty. There was this massive feeling of where is the big community that I always had around me, hundreds of people. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. I'm living in my own headspace for two and a half years. I've family of a few friends and of a few invitations from ex-workmates. 
I could go for a week without talking to anyone except maybe going to the shop, buying a loaf of bread or paying my money for the pigeon pot. And I kept saying to myself, how did someone extrovert like yourself get yourself into this, Brendan? And a lot of it, no fault of your own. But then I said to myself, I gave myself a kick up the backside after two and a half years. And I said, Bren, no one's going to come knocking on your door to get you out of this hell of loneliness. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be proactive, get out there and make it all happen again. And you know what? The last 10 weeks have completely changed my life. But would you believe, PJ, I changed it in three days. How did you do that, Brendan? I'm not going to go into the names of them because it's a Dublin thing and I want to keep it to a Cork thing. But basically, I did one of my five-point plan. Any of the five can work. The one that worked for me was put into a search engine. Now, for Cork, what you put into your search engine, say Google, is friendship clubs in Cork or social clubs in Cork. That's what I did in Dublin. I came up with two clubs that have been going 96 years. I walked into them and they completely changed my life. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the five-point plan, PJ, to get people out of this scourge and epidemic of loneliness is do that. But I think it's very important to go through the other four because I don't want just to talk and chop on loneliness and then no solutions. Mm -hmm. The second one, is so straightforward, but I think it could work for people. You're lonely, you've lost your mojo, like I had, you've lost your confidence. You walk out the door, you still have to walk out the door and buy a loaf of bread or a pint of milk. Mm. I don't care if your head is down on the way to the shops because you've lost your confidence, you don't want to look anyone in the eye. But when you get to the first shop, I want your head up. And what you do is, you don't go into the shop, you look at the shop window and on it, you'll be surprised what you've probably missed or haven't noticed. Little small notice might say, coffee morning next Tuesday, phone so-and-so. Mm. Uh, a big poster might say, a dance. Now, that might be too much for you, a dance. But write down the phone number, ring and say, is there anything around Cork or in my community where I could have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and have a chat with a few people. The coffee morning, no pain without gain. Basically speaking, you're very nervous going up to that coffee morning. But which is better, to live a life of loneliness mm-hmm. where there's no quality of life or a little temporary pain of going into that coffee morning, maybe 20 people there. Yeah. What do you say? You, you just say, you're looking forward to Christmas, very cold out there. You might find someone will say before you, do you want a cup of tea or a cup of coffee? Yeah. That's another one. Citizens Information Centre, give them a call if you have a local civic, civ, um, civic information centre. Another one is every community nearly has a parish hall like Wheels on Meals or maybe a community centre. You have a look at that, you do. Yeah. And the last one, volunteering. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're the five. You well, know? Brendan, and you- what, what I'm hearing throughout the five of those um, very much is that the individual themselves has to take the first step. Now, you, like you went, from, yep. you, you went from working with nearly 400 people to being on your yep. own. That's a cliff yep. edge drop. And it can happen Absolutely. at any age. It, it, it happened mm. to you because you retired. It could happen in your 20s, your 30s, yep. whenever. 
Um, do you know, it's it's, it's something that and can hit you. especially since COVID with all the hybrid work and etc. Yeah. You, know, you know? You, you never saw it coming. You never had an idea that this could happen to you. I never had an idea. I had a workmate who was very worried about me because he knows how much banter I used to love in the office. And he came down and pleaded with me for half an hour and tried to change my mind and said, where's the purpose in your life going to be? I said to him, of course I'm going to have purpose. I said, I'm going to be playing pitch and put, etc. Playing pitch and put by myself at nine o'clock in the morning, reading by myself, playing records by myself. Mm. It's... Not a life to live. Not we, we all end. love our own company, but not to be forced into it. No. Yeah. But you need a bit of, you, you need a certain amount of human contact. Do you know what as well, PJ? I always knew there was a mental aspect to this as regards lack of self-esteem, lack of confidence. But I got an awful shock when I was on a television station last um, um, last last Wednesday morning talking about loneliness. And beside me was Professor Roseanne Kenny. I'm not going to say to the listeners what she said the physical effects of loneliness are. They're the most dreadful. Mm. I'll just give one example, heart attacks. I'm so glad I got out of it after two and a half years. There are physical and there are mental aspects. And I just want to say this as well, PJ. I don't want to limit this to loneliness. I have decided that... I want to be a voice for Forgotten Ireland, an advocate not just for loneliness, but also uh, for, as well, those who are retired and also the elderly. Because a lot of the times, you know, when people are younger and stuff, um, you know, they're very much to the fore. But sometimes even older people, elderly people, they can feel invisible. Yeah. Now, um, I kind, I, I've been retired. I'm, I consider myself kind of approaching elderly and I have been lonely. And I think what might make a difference to this, PJ, there's enormous interest, and I think this is going to get bigger, the interest, as the weeks go on. Here's a guy that you can actually see his face. It's not some scientist or some professor. There's yeah. nothing wrong with professors writing books. This is a guy who is getting out there saying, yeah, kick down the doors, kick yeah. down the stigma, kick the, the down The important thing that. is, though, I, and I think it's, 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 it's good to come back to it because you, you, you make the, the first step is a, a step you have to make yourself. No one's going to make it for mm. you. That's an important message. Just look yeah. and focus, yeah. if you will, Brendan, for a couple of minutes on, on Christmas because, look, I'm... Yeah. I love Christmas. I, I, it's a, and lots of people, but, but lots of people say to me every year, PJ, you must think about the people who were really lonely at Christmas. It can be a very, yeah. very lonely time. So we've 11, we're 11 days out now, Brendan, for someone facing into Christmas and dreading the loneliness. Any bit of advice for them? Yeah, my, advi- my advice is it's exacerbated at Christmas time, especially New Year's Eve. The thing I'd say about New Year's Eve don't listen to all the talk about you have to have the best night of your life, etc. A lot of the times people are disappointed in that. But again, if you're, if you're feeling lonely at Christmas, you might be lucky that someone knocks on your door, are you okay and whatever. But if it isn't happening, and I'm very glad that you've made this um, um, a centerpiece of when you're talking about this, even though you've never been lonely, you get it. There's an element of 
loneliness is pain. So temporary pain is being proactive and making the first step. So you've somehow got to make the first step. If an extrovert person like me was in the house and Mm. no one was knocking on my door to bring me out of it, what chance have you if you're a quiet person or whatever? So you've got to somehow make that first step, but but it'd be so worthwhile if you can. So my advice is, if you can even put up on the site that five-point plan or whatever, if you have any kind of site or whatever, because it's so important that you don't settle for a life of loneliness. So the only thing I can think of is to be inspired by what I'm saying and to say it's only a temporary pain to say hello to someone when you go out. And that's the hard thing because what happens is, Brendan, I think, and I've talked about this before, people get into their own little, their own little cocoon of of loneliness and they think that nobody cares and they think that nobody notices but the the fact is that that they do and if you reach out, you you, you might get a response. Brendan, yeah? So many of these things, so many of these things, even anxiety, depression, etc., so many of them are born out of, especially men, keeping it to themselves and not talking. And suddenly when they talk, they feel so much yeah. better. Even, even, even talk, if you have a member of a family or have someone, just say, I feel lonely every now and again. There's no disgrace in it. No, and, it's, it, it, and it starts a conversation and might be the key to finding a solution. Brendan, you're doing great work around the country with this and, and it's, it, it can happen to young and old. It can happen to you when you're 70. It can happen to you when you're 17. And we will. We'll share, we'll share what you're saying and the bit of advice. You need to do something. Just start the ball rolling for yourself. Brendan Kilkenny, thank you. Uh, I remember him. He was an entertainer years ago. Um, and retired, and he was the life and soul of the party wherever he went, and then it went off a cliff for him, but now he's pulling himself up out of it. Um, yeah. Good man, Brendan. Thank you for that, Brendan Kilkenny. We'll podcast that interview a little bit later on, but the thing about loneliness, and Brendan's not the first person we've talked to about it, and indeed I don't suppose he'd be the last either. The, the power to end lo- loneliness is in your own hands. It's in your own hands. Oh eight one eight ninety six. 9696. Brendan, thank you. Lovely message from Brendan says, Anna, so glad he turned his life around. Men need to talk more. Us women are better at it. We're better at talking about our problems. We're better at talking to one another. Well done, Brendan. Happy Christmas to your listeners, PJ. Thank you, Anna. And we're reminded that Cork has a wonderful service called Friendly Call. It's a brilliant service. I think Breda is the lady behind Friendly Call. We've had them on once or twice over the years. And again, it's for young and old. This idea that only old people get lonely, well, that's guff for a start. You know, you can be 27 and lonely and 77 and lonely. Um, so, great message from Brendan. But I think the thing is, it, the power is in your own hands. I, I love the advice that it gives people. You know, check, look, go into Google, look for friendship clubs. Go down to your local council, community council rooms or parish hall ring citizens information ask what's in your area go into the shop look in the window of the shop you might something might find something there that you can go and do you need to do you need to take the power into your own hands I, I do like that particular element of his message Brendan Kilkenny Friendly Call yeah we, we did we talked to Breda from Friendly Call a couple of times come here is there a crib in your local church um, Maureen's not happy because 
there isn't a crib in her local church. Or rather, there is. But it's not a crib that she... It's not the kind of crib she likes. I, I must talk to Maureen about this, because she says they've taken the crib out of her local church. Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning sports show. Right, right here, right then. The score on Cork's 96FM. Join me, Trevor Welch, Sundays from 2, for the best music mix and all the latest sport as we focus on a busy weekend of Gaelic Games action and Liverpool versus Man U is the big game in the Premier League. Right here, right then. Join Trevor Welch for the score this Sunday from 2 p.m. on Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, talk to Maureen uh, after 10. She, she's, she says they're taking cribs out of the churches and her own local church. She's not happy with what they've done uh, with the crib. I love the crib and loads of people love going visiting the crib at Christmas but um, Maureen says the crib in her church is a shadow of what it used to be we'll come to her after 10 0818 96 96 96 now loads of people will be away for Christmas and as you know during the course of the year we love to catch up catch up with Cork people who are living overseas and as it comes close to Christmas we're always asking them if they're going to get home loads of them won't so if you are in a far-off region of the world and will be away for the festive season. We'd like to hear from you, particularly if you listen to this on podcast or indeed our overnight repeat show, which goes out within 3 and 5 in the morning here. That's in daytime in Australia, New Zealand, wherever you're having yourself. So if you're listening to me and you were abroad and will be abroad for the Christmas, opinion at 96fm.ie, we'd love to catch up and love to talk to you. If there's someone belongs here who's away and you'd like us to make a call to them, then... Same email address, and we'll we'll make it all happen next week. All right, we'll talk to some people on the air. Opinion at 96fm.ie. Now, we had a... We were talking the other morning, was it Eleanor? Eleanor was planning to spend a night in the city with her friends in a hotel, and then they cancelled it because the hotel didn't have a dinner space for them. And, and but, the, but just as part of that conversation, she mentioned to me that she'd have been very nervous maybe walking to find a place for dinner. She just felt afraid in the city. Uh, she said, hi, just listening. This this came in. Please don't read out my name. We have it, but we won't read it out. Just listening to the chat this morning, one of your listeners mentioned how dangerous Cork City had become. Just to give anyone a heads up, please avoid the car park, the queue park on Carroll's Quay. We were on our annual visit to see Santa in Duns with our four kids. We parked in that car park as we were having dinner afterwards in Luigi Malone's. We arrived at the car park around half five, drove in looking for a spot, and on the ground floor, over beside the exit barrier, were two men, I'd say in their early 20s. One was openly urinating against the wall. The other was sitting on the floor with tin foil and lighter, I assume, smoking heroin. We said we'd go to the next floor, had a quick look around for security so there was no one around. To be honest, I wasn't hanging around with four kids in tow to find a security guard, so we just went about our business. Just to say I was unnerved, thankfully I had my husband with me. As a born and bred dub living in Cork the last 16 years, it was the first time I felt so uneasy. But I have definitely seen a change in Cork in the last two years. I'd hate to be someone and for someone on their own to stumble across this. And just to say, while thankfully we've had no drug addiction problems in my own family... 
I'm aware of how awful it is and that these addicts are on their knees uh, until the next fix. But it's a private car park and it's just not acceptable. We lovely evening besides that, soaking in the Christmas atmosphere. Thank you. Uh, please don't read out my name. But yeah, open drug use. And it's in, it's in all the car parks. She just names that one because that's the one she was in. But we've had loads of reports. Uh, and sometimes people even send us video, which we can't use, obviously. But there is a lot of drug taking in the car parks. And this refers to a, what she saw about half five in the evening. There's a guy with tinfoil and smoker and clearly was heroin he was doing in the car park at half five in the evening she found it very unnerving she was there with her family she'd hate for someone to come across it on their own thanks for that oh wait one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. yep loneliness is a horrible feeling but for me I was the life and soul of every party I had a very bad breakup with someone who was a total narcissist and the people who thought I, I thought would be there well they weren't and they were my biggest eye opener not one of them knocked at my door to ask, are you okay? These were friends I'd had for 30 years. They did that to me. I'd be forever grateful. I'd rather remain anonymous. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. And quite a lot of stuff coming in about loneliness after I spoke with Brendan. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Happy holidays. With your local mace, savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Fox 96 FM. Right, your best Christmas present ever. But why was it the best? That's what we're asking you today for our Everyman giveaway sending two families to see the Panto at the Everyman Beauty and the Beast we'll send you there on the 29th of December it's Friday send you to the 7 o'clock performance and before that we'll send you to Sano on Parnell Place which is Cork's newest pizza restaurant so uh, two meals out and two trips to the Panto for two lucky families. Doing this every day this week. We've had a lot of fun with it. A lot of fun. Great some, some great stuff coming in. Today, the best present you ever had at Christmas. But why was it the best? Don't just tell us what it was. Tell us why it was the best. 083 396 96 96. Got a few in, and I'll get to them shortly. And the two best will win that prize. Okay, I don't know if you've noticed over the last couple of weeks uh, as you're driving in the morning and evening maybe there between the Jack Lynch Tunnel and the, the Balancholic Junction have you noticed that the road is dark and have you thought is the road dark lads is it very dark it is dark it is dark and it's dark because some brain box decided that to save energy they would turn off the flipping streetlights now it's got to be one of the busiest roads in Cork and it's part of a pilot project uh, Transport Infrastructure Ireland are doing this around the country to save energy. They they did it in Dublin, in Balbriggan, on an experimental basis, to save money on lighting the street. <laughs> like it's part of an EU energy efficiency directive and all of that palaver. But that particular stretch of road between the Jack Lynch Tunnel and the Balancholic Junction, that's a busy stretch of road. And turning off the lights 
just to save energy sounds a bit daft. And uh, I think, in fairness, Senator Jerry Bottomer, you pointed that out recently. It, it does sound a bit daft. It is a bit daft. Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, so I have been following up on this um, with um, TII for a while now. Um, so just to give you a context, this has actually been ongoing since 2018 where they removed 20, 23 different junctions around the country, public lighting. Um, and it's been done as part of what the PIR are describing as the energy saving uh, to meet our commitments of 33% reduction in public sector energy usage. Mm. Um, but as you know quite well, and you rightly summed it up in your beginning, when you start at the tunnel and you drive to the end of the N40, the Ballancolly Bypass, we used to call it, where EMC is now, there's now literally no public lighting. Um, and what's happened now is that they've actually, on foot of the article by own English and the examiner, they've taken up the street, the lights in the middle of the of the road as you as you drive out along, um, and they've they've now removed all those public lighting uh, lanterns, um, and there is some lights on the approach as the slip roads off, but again it's very limited, mm-hmm. um, and as you know on a very wet night, uh, in particular driving east to west or west to east, it's very dangerous in that road at times, and and there's a lot of ponding, not a lot there, there's some ponding by the. Bishopstown Court, Wilton area mm-hmm. of that mo- of that section of the motorway, but uh, I'm disappointed with TIRE for a number of reasons. PJ, one, they haven't engaged in any conversation with members of the public, or with public representatives, or with the city or county council. Because I raised it at the Joint Policing Committee um, two weeks ago, and both members of Angarda Shikana and the Chief Executive of the City. Uh, were not aware of what was happening. Yeah, I I read that report in the paper, Jerry. You did bring it up at at the JPC, and one of the gather representatives kind of looked at you as if to say, what? Yeah, and and I've been engaged with Transport Infrastructure Ireland. I've raised it with them on a number of occasions, and and they're saying, primarily, PJ, they're saying three things to me. One, it's part of their, as I said, our our target to reduce public energy usage by 33%. Secondly, they're saying that they carried out a review um, of the roads that they had removed the lighting from, and they said that there was no negative impact on safety. They're not reading I, social media because people are furious. Furious. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, and then the second point I would make to you, PJ, is that they're not prepared in the case of Cork, in the case of the N40 now, where your modern lighting standard can be changed to different types of LED lighting. And I'm not an expert in this now, but as you know, and I'm being a small but funny here, if you're going to buy a light bulb now in a shop, you need, you need a PhD to do so. And I think actually that in this case, TII, in their safety review performance, uh, could have taken the energy usage piece and said, we'll change the, the lantern, we'll change the LED, uh, lighting, um, and we'll change how we operate it um, in terms of dimming, in terms of the, the whole uh, infrastructure around public lighting. But in the case of Cork, they have now decided that the lighting columns in the middle of the road are being taken up, no longer required, and are now removed according to them to me in the email for safety reasons. And they did this without consultation with the likes of you or anybody else. No no public reps were consulted. They just said that. Now, Kate is saying here on the phone, Jerry, that this happens in parts of France as well with lights out <clears throat> at 10 o'clock. And, and that is what it is. But we're talking, you and I both know this road very well. Uh, it's a busy, busy road. And like you said, on a wet night, it's very hard to negotiate that road. 
and, and again, I, I take the point that you can you can reduce the, the the output of lighting, and you can change the consistency of what's being offered up to now. But that's now redundant because they've literally taken up all the poles. So therefore, now and and the other point that they had PJ in that process was they had in in the in the middle of the road in and the lighting lanterns they had a red kind of fluorescent sticker so that people could see the the, the poles when there was no when it was dark. Which again was I thought come from my safety, but what what they've said to me Pete, is that under the latest phase now of the program, uh, they've turned off what they've termed surface lighting on the N40 main line from west of Junction Three, which is Bandon Road to Paulavon, and at the N40 junctions one and two, and at the Melancholic N22 and and West Number Three. So. They're now looking at doing the following, PJ, which I think is going to be interesting. Refreshing road markings, installation of reflective road studs on the merge and diverge lanes, and reflectors in the safety barriers on the merge and diverge lanes. Mm-hmm. So what does that actually mean in real terms? It means, to me, that we're potentially compromising safety. Cat size. Here's the thing, Jerry. Yeah. To whom are TII answerable? Are they answerable to your colleague the Minister for Transport? Are they answerable to anybody? Well, they are answerable to the Minister for Transport. Um, I, I, I'm not a member of the Transport Committee any longer but I've asked my colleagues in that to look at could they potentially raise this. Um, but the difficulty we have, PJ, is that this has become part of a rolling policy since 2018 um, and, and, and the, the, it's, it's, it's a decade old now, right? Um, we all want to save energy, every single one of us, in our own house, in our own work. Every We all want to save energy, Jerry. but you, you, you can't. And this, to, to you and me, we're just laymen. This compromises safety, as, as, as far as I'm concerned. And people are really saying it on social media. They, they don't, they're avoiding that road now at night because it's dangerous. And the point I would make, PJ, is that TII have said... In, in some parts of the country, the next phase is a focus on replacing what's called remedium sodium lights with a more effective LED light. So I would put the question, PJ, and, and you are right, we're all in favour of, of, of meeting climate action targets, the public sector climate action uh, mandate and is one that we need to have fulfilled and we accept that. But why in the case of the N40, if we're looking to enhance energy efficiency, uh, as part of that strategy, why couldn't we look at the whole LED lighting mm-hmm. proposal? Uh, and even, even PJ, if you took one and three lanterns or one and four on that road, it still would pro- provide a lighting piece. Uh, and, and the other point that they haven't done, PJ, which I'm disappointed with, and I'm, I, I just don't understand their logic, is they, they haven't reduced the lighting level in terms of dimming. And, and I believe it's feasible in the case of Cork, and it was... I think equally as important that they could have given consideration to the replacement of what they're calling all the sodium lamps and fitting them with LEDs. I, I don't know why they didn't do that because that would have helped re- reduce well, energy. We, we, we did that in the city. We put a lot of, of LEDs into the city and they're yeah, fabulous correct. and they're very energy Absolutely. efficient. Absolutely. Listen, Jerry, leave it there. Thank you very much, Senator <coughs> Jerry Buttimer. Um, he, he brought this up at, thanks, Jerry, he brought this up at the JPC, the Policing Committee. Recently, and Owen English was writing about it in the Examiner, and when the he might, the guards that attend this committee, well, I don't know who the guard was, I have nothing else in front of me now, but looked up as if to say, you what? They didn't know. So Transport Infrastructure Ireland, TII, just said, right, taking away the lights, we're not telling the guards, we're not telling the local politicians, not telling anyone, you're taking out the lights, because we're saving energy. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Mick, how are you, Mick? Morning, PJ. What did you see? 
I tell you, two weeks ago, last Saturday, I go in to collect my daughter uh, six nights a week inside the Montreux College. Mm. And mostly half past nine, right, at six o'clock on a, on a Saturday. I came off to Link Road in Belling College in Greenfields, and it took an hour and a half to clear the traffic. Uh, I had to ring my wife to go in and collect her. There was a five car pile up coming off the slip road in Belling College. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you what we did eventually. People just turned the cars around and drove up the slip road back into Greenfields. They had no other choice. But I put this on Facebook six weeks ago, and I got about 114 hits about people complaining about it. It is absolutely horrific driving there at night time. Mm. And when you go to the 121 kilometre spot, there is no one doing 120 kilometres. If they're doing 80 for that stretch of the road, they're doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's just no not way. safe to drive at 120 it, it, in the dark. Very, and I can tell you, there's going to be an accident going up to Corraheen Road on the first slip to Bellancolic again in the rain because you won't see it. You yeah. won't see it. It is absolutely frightening. And if a guy drives in front of you with his lights dimmed that you can barely see, that he shouldn't be driving on, there's going to be a major accident and somebody will be very badly hurt and unfortunately. We're used to to dark roads in the country, Mick. We're used to dark roads out the country, but not in city areas. Not at 120 kilometres an hour. No, no. No? And you have have a person who can drive at 120 kilometres an hour, a young person, good eyesight and all that. Well, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't pass a car, and, and, and I would pass a car normally, and mm. and, and 120, but I wouldn't pass it out. No, That's not not a disgrace. You're right. But, it's like I'm like like trying like, to save this guy no few bob. Yeah, it's like it's like having it's like having no lights on the motorway. Mad. Quite correct. Quite correct. So here we are now. The time of saving money, Jerry, at PJ, and they're sending five councils over to Holland. There's 138,000 people cycling in Holland, right? I, I, I think that's what they're saying in this area that they're mm. going to. I'm after driving from Ballincollig. I didn't see a bike in front of me. <laughs> I live in Shannon, I'm in Shannon Street now. There's not a bike in front of me. And I, want, I might see three bikes today in Blackpool. It's a good you know? point. It's a good point. Mick, thank you. Mick the Baldy Barber. Uh, but they turned out the lights on this road from the Jack Lynch Tunnel out to Ballincollig, the N40, to give it its clinical name, so to speak. The lights are turned out because we're saving energy. This is Transport Infrastructure Ireland have decided to turn out the lights to save energy. They've been doing this around the country since 2018, according to Jerry Bottomer, and who am I to, to question that? But when he brought it up at the Joint Police Committee... The guards looked at him as if he two heads. They hadn't known about it. So this Transport Infrastructure Ireland, look, they have a job to do and they're answerable to the Ministry for Transport. They didn't even tell the guards they were doing this, if you're to believe what Jerry tells us. Um, the, the guards didn't even know. Jackie, you're trying to drive that every day too, are you? Good morning. I am. I drive that every day, PJ. And my point is, you're coming off the Bandon Road roundabout, which is like NASA, it's so well lit up. Yes. And you come out onto the N40... And actually, the first exit off the N40 is the L2222 for Corraheen, and you can hardly see it. Yeah. Now, I don't go that route, but it, it is just in your, in your vision. And the only, it's only the markings on the road that are visible, and they're not extremely visible. It's like driving with no lights on your car. Mm-hmm. That's actually what it's like. It is, and I live in the country. I drive on country roads all the time. I don't expect lighting. I don't have it. But my God, to come out onto that road, and every exit all the way out... Bar maybe exit 
for the exit for Ballincollig where you can hang a left for Kilomney. Yeah. Once you go up onto that exit, there are lights. And the same on the opposite downward um, exit. But on the actual markings for the exits as you approach them from either side of the N40 are not visible because there is no light. Yeah. Your headlights might pick them up on the car, those signs, but... If, but yeah. You should, yeah. But not, and it's so busy you rarely have your beams on because you're behind somebody or Fair you're point. behind somebody. Fair point. Um, and you only have your normal lights. So therefore you're, you're past it sometimes if you didn't know the road or if it was somebody visiting. And it won't be, and I hope it won't happen, until there is an absolute c- catastrophic accident. And then they'll turn the lights back on. Mm. Well, like, the, what are they waiting if, for? If, Jerry was saying to me they're actually taking, taking the structures out of the road in part of it, or they're going to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, and it's about six weeks at this since I noticed it first. Now, I did email um, Andreas Moynihan, and I do know he's taken it up. But, um, like, it's a little bit late, they'll have to put it back in. Mm. No, it's not too late. Just redo it, put the- it back. And it can't be done without consultation. Yeah, I don't know if, uh, um, if that sounded know, off to you, Jackie. I don't know if it sounded off to you, but it certainly sounded off to me that Transport Infrastructure Ireland, yes, it's answerable to the Ministry of Transport, but they were able to do this without the guards knowing, without the local TDs and senators knowing. And without City Council knowing? Yeah. You know, where, like, where's our local authority? What is the position of our local authority or the autonomy of our local authority now? If you take it from this point of view, it's absolutely nothing. You would think, would you not, that someone would be able to say, well, Transport Infrastructure Ireland want to do this with the roads, that they should at least have to apply to the local authority and tell them we're going to do it, to which the local authority, actually, no, you're not. No, you're not. Or no, you cannot do it because. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, And, like, they can't just railroad it. And it's the same with the cycle lanes. And I heard Mick there saying, like, he doesn't see a bike. I don't see a bike on, on that road rarely. Sunday morning. Sunday morning early, all the, the you know, the enthusiastic cyclists throughout. I take my hat off to them as I pass them. And, mm. um, but uh, as a rule, no, there are not. Yeah. There are not. And also, on another point now, going through Ballincollig, TII are now looking to knock the wall that is the structure of the old Ballincollig on the east gate. Oh, I've been reading about this, yeah. Yes. And that will be absolutely appalling if that's allowed to happen. Ballincollig was a garrison town. It had its barracks was its main focal point. It is where families were born, reared and bred. It is part of the structure of that town and it should not be allowed to happen. Yeah. There's a petition has started actually not to let it happen. It it's, has, yeah. It's, it's, it's it part has. of Bus Connects, um, which we're all told right, will, 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 will be a great system when it works. And sure, it probably will be. In well, 2095. You know, and like that, that wall cannot. And in redoing Ballancolic Town Centre, they they brought in and they kept the structure of the old barracks. And the same when you go down on the ring road at the back of That's it, right, there's yeah. buildings there. Yeah. yeah, this can't that can't happen either. Yeah. Red, just, they, 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 this was all over Reddit actually last night. A lot of talk about that lovely old wall. Jackie, thank you. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. But that road, have you been on it? Have you noticed it? I was on it. Where was I going? doesn't matter where it was going, but I was on that road about a week and a half ago of an evening, and it was raining. And I, th- I was going out to the posh Duns, and it was raining. And uh, first of all, when it's raining, of course, visibility is, is bad, and my eyesight isn't the best in the class anyway. And I noticed it was very dark. Didn't mean They turned the flipping lights off to save energy. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. And the fact that Transport Infrastructure Ireland, and look, I have respect for what they do, 
they're, they're paid to do a job and, 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 and they do it well. But, but in this case, they can come into a place like Cork, they can close this huge archery, they can take the lights off this massive road, and no one, no one has the power to say, actually, no, lads, no, 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 not that, not that one, you're not doing that. No one has the power to stop them, it would seem. 0818 96 96 96. On your best Christmas present ever. Let's get some of them. Bert says, morning PJ, last Christmas was my best. I got a purple wheelbarrow and sexy purple wellies. I love my garden and I love purple, obviously. And my darling daughter knows me so well. So maybe a lawnmower this year. <laughs> Could you get her a purple lawnmower? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. God, it's bad enough having to drive at night. What the hell are they up to? And just on that conversation, there are no cat's eyes between Kinsale Road roundabout and the Bandon Road roundabout. And when it's raining at night, you can't even see the white lines on the road. That's from Jan. Transport Infrastructure Ireland. Not that decision not going down well at all. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is the opinion line with PJ Cooking. Yeah, someone messaging here to say the lights in the park and ride are on morning, noon, and night. There's 160 lights. Oh, I went to the trouble of counting it. There's 160 lights in there. And I found out it costs about 48 grand a year to keep them on. And then no lights on the road out to Ballincollig. I live in Ballincollig. I have to put on my full lights to see my way home. And people keep flashing at me. But I have to do it because I can't see. Now, Mary, you'd be a nervous driver at the best of times, says you. But it's, it's Hi, getting... Morning, Peach. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Um, yeah, well, Peach, you look at night. We all take extra bit of care, don't we? But on Saturday night, I was out at the Cork Mogi Girls had a, a night at the dog track. So I went out and uh, I took my two nieces with me. So I had two smallies and I was being extra careful, I suppose. But we came out of Corrigan at what, quarter past half to ten. So I strapped them into the car and away we went. And I found it impossible. I actually was wondering what was going on. I said, God, it's very dark. I actually missed the slip road to turn to go into Sarsfield's uh, Road to take them home. And I ended up inside at the Kinsale Road roundabout because it was so black. The road was absolutely black from hurrying from the Greyhound tracks the whole way in. Couldn't, I barely, like, it was impossible yeah. to see or to see the street road or anything and to see the sign. And I had my full lights on and I was trying to see the sign and I had Ellie Mason next to me in the driver's seat. She was watching for the sign and I said, where's the sign for Wilton? And she said, we missed it, we missed it. We actually missed the turn off for, you know, for Wilton, for Sarsfield, so uh-huh. it was so black. It was actually, it was actually frightening. And I was actually, you know, PJ, I thought the old lamps were going away. Yeah. You know, I thought the old lamps were going, you know, yourself. Mm. But, uh, so, so, some brain box, box, some brain box decided to do this to save energy. Well, like, no, I've only discovered, no, listening to Jerry there this morning with you, I said, ah, that's what happened. No, and I would drive that road a bit, PJ, because, you know, I'd be going to Balancholic, go to Patches, or I'd go to Ovens, or... And I drive that road a lot, even coming back maybe in dusk, you know, down through the, during the year. But that road was a black, black hole on Saturday night. And I found it, I, I actually found it hard. And I was kind of thinking. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Listen to Jory there. Supposing an elderly person, you know... Yeah. They were older than me Was coming along that road It was actually frightening And I was kind of going Jesus what's going on here And I just thought Maybe there was a power cut Or But the road was Black no. There I you are now some, 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 brain, some, br- some, like, some brain box Some fellow with a master's In stupidity Decided To turn him off yeah, To save energy look, As you look We have this, this road This road that are doing All this new infrastructure Or whatever they're calling it With the roads Like There's a plan now To take buses To estates In Malifalan and like I'm I like I'm shuddering to think that if this thing goes through there'll be buses going through hot hard mules and lorries and trucks and like I wonder do these guys drive along and see the cars parked outside the houses. It's the, gonna be chaos, like if they do what they're gonna do in Blackpool, it's gonna be chaos. Yeah, I've been reading reading the latest Bus Connect stuff, Mary, that night not the best in the world, but we'll come back to the Bus Connect stuff another day because it is the the latest change. Mary Newman, thanks. The latest Bus Connects stuff. Um, Ballancolic supposedly doing away with this lovely wall. And I remember last year, or was it earlier this year? You, you, you lose track of time. There was a fellow rang me from Douglas uh, to say that the way he was reading the Bus Connects plan for Douglas Road, there'd be a bus stop in, in his kitchen. Um, that's how he was reading it. But this is the latest decision that has been made. You're not imagining it. The lights are out on that road between uh, Jack Lynch Tunnel and the Ballancolly Junction, the N40, to give it its proper name. The lights are out, and they are out because Transport Infrastructure Ireland decided to turn them off to save energy. Because, well, we have to be very good for the energy people. We have to save energy as part of an EU Energy Efficiency Directive. We're turning off the road, the lights, on busy roads. Is what we're doing in 2023. 0818 96 96 96. 0818 96 96. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. It's back for another year. The traditional Cork Simon Turkey Trot. This 5K race takes place on Sunday, the 17th of December, and it all happens in Christmas fancy dress. Registration is from 9 30 at Blackrock Hurling Club, and all proceeds go towards Cork Simon. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email Cork diary at 96fm.ie Join the conversation Email opinion at 96fm.ie 
This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. Let's get some more of your best presents ever in for our Everyman Panto giveaway. We're today sending you to see the Panto at Beauty and the Beast on Friday 29th at 7 o'clock. Family of four, two families of four, in fact. And before that, we will send you for pizza at Sano on Parnell Place. Your best present ever. But why was it the best? What was it? Yeah, that matters. But why it was the best matters even more. 083 396 96 96. Got some good ones coming in, and I'll get to them in a little while. Now, Maureen, you're telling me that in your local church, which is in West Cork, but in your local church, there's no crib this Christmas. There's not. We've had a manger, our crib, in that church, PJ, since I can remember. Mm. But what happened was, three years ago, you know, during what I call the convent, that's what I called it, they didn't put the manger up. And I asked why there was no manger. And he said it was, oh, because people would be gathering and they might be passing this, that and the other, okay? Mm. Mm -hmm. So I didn't take that, of course, as an excuse, but it was Christmas, I let it slide. So that was so good. But I remember last year I was I was into the church again and uh, I met one of the priests. I said, where's the crib? Oh, he said, we have a crib. I said, no, I said, the manger. What they did was they put the statue of Our Lady and St. Joseph and baby Jesus in front of the altar. Yeah, I just a small bit confused, Maureen, with the words yeah. you're using. A crib is the, 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 the nativity scene yes. with the yes. straw the and the animals. Scene. Right, exactly. okay. The manger. Okay, yeah. right, okay. So you're you, you call it crib or manger. Okay, well, we, we, yeah. let's stick with crib because it's the one most people crib. might know. All right, okay. I'll stick with crib, though. Yeah. But anyway, they put the statue of Our Lady, St. Joseph and baby Jesus, in front of the altar. I said, that, that's not a crib, I said. The right. crib goes over there in front of St. Joseph's altar, which is a big space. Mm-hmm. The animals are there, you know, and the children. We was the children would often we we'd come home with the straw. You know, we take little bits of yeah. straw from right. from the crib. That's right. That's a tradition. Yeah. 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 So this is what they were calling a crib. So, so what you got again. was baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph yes. in front of the altar. Yes. But and but no structure him, around them. No. no, I said he wasn't born. I said among silver and gold. I said he was born in a dirty stable, and he just kept looking at me. Mm-hmm. So I started in November, and I met another one. And I asked him again, I said, are we going to have, well, I used manger to him, he said, if he knew what I'd be talking about, but I'd say crib. Oh, but he said, we have one. I said, no, we don't. Oh, he said, we do. I said, oh, yeah, I said, you mean the statues in front of the altar? Mm. I said, no, 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 I said, Father, the symbol of Christmas, I said, the crib where Jesus was born. The actual structure. The actual crib, the symbol Mm -hmm. of it. I suppose, Maureen, they might say, look, the representation is there even if we don't have the structure. No, it's not. It's not. And i tell you another thing. I met another lad on Sunday, very good living man, and I said to him, do you, I do know, I said, is the, the crib coming back this year? Because I've asked for it. And he said, so have I. Well, he said, I'm sorry to tell you that it's not. But even the month of November, we used to have on the altar is a little kind of a little tree. And there was these little, you know, tags, white tags, loads of little white tags. And what people did was you wrote the name of your loved ones and you just hung them on the little tree and that stood there yeah. for the whole month of the Holy Soul. Yeah. That Lo- was gone this year. Remembrance tree, lots of places that was do gone. that. Okay. Yeah, that was gone. 
Would you no. be a regular church goer, Maureen? Yes. So you see these have, changes? Yes. They have a Christmas tree. They have a dirty, rotten, pink light behind the altar. You would think, PJ, if you walked into it, you were in a lap dancing club or in Amsterdam or somewhere. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> now they're putting in LED lights, which are far too bright in there. They had a concert down there in Sunday with Tommy Fleming. I said, come here, I said. I thought they'd be removing our law from the tabernacle. Ah, well, well no, Maureen, the, the, world, the world has changed a little bit. You not know. to the church page, no, no, hold, no. Hold on, no, hold, no, on. No, no, hold on, give me a second, give me a second, give me a second, bear with me here. The world has changed a little bit. We now hold concerts in, in churches, and Tommy Fleming is a, a man of faith himself. We, 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 we do that now, you know? Well you, well, you may agree with it, PJ, I do not. Go back to the crib. Like, there's okay. no sign of it going up. I looked in again today, there's no sign of it. Would it's you not describe the, 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 the little statues in front of the altar? Would you not describe them as a nativity scene? No. no. It's not so a it's symbol of crib or nothing? No, crib or nothing. Surely no, the, the scene within the, the crib. crib is what's important. It, it has to be the crib. We've had cribs for years. Yeah. yeah. There's cribs yeah. in most churches around the country, although I heard <laughs> yesterday there is another church somewhere are not having a crib either. They're doing as they please and they're not listening to the people. For you, Maureen, yeah. a nativity scene is not enough. You want the full crib. I want the full crib. I have one up here in my in my own home. I okay. have it every year. Well, were you no. saying to the lads you'll protest on Christmas Day? I would, yeah. If I get a notion, yeah, I will. I've had enough of seeing the church being destroyed. They're doing as they please. And they're expecting people to put... I mean, I I walk in there and I see that rotten, dirty pink light behind the altar. And, you know, PJ, I, I can't look at it. And mm. I actually cried the other evening, when we, that Sunday evening, when I heard there was no crib after we begging for it and asking for it. It'll be interesting to see what listeners think. And a nativity scene. A nativity and a crib. Scene, yes. you, you, and a crib. People will argue it's the same thing. They can argue away all they like it, but it isn't the same thing. That would be like Pedro doing away with the cross on Good Friday. That's the comparison you're making? Yes. So crib or nothing, yes. and your nativity yes. scene isn't the same? No, it's not the same. Of course it's not the same. We'll see what people think. Good talking to you, Maureen. Good, and thank you, PJ, for taking interest and um, taking the calls for me. Cheers, Maureen. Thank you for making the call. Um, Maureen is put out because in her local church uh, there isn't a crib, so to speak, an actual crib structure. There hasn't been since before COVID, but they didn't bring it back. It's they've replaced it now with a nativity scene, which is the statues or statuettes of Jesus and Mary and or Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus on the altar. And Maureen says, "No, that's that's not a crib." That's not a crib, and I want a crib. And she says, no, it's modernism, and she doesn't want it. Um, she said they have a Christmas tree, but they don't have a crib. And that nativity scene, which is what that would be. And you'll see there, if you're ever going to a shop looking to buy Christmas decorations, you'll see nativity scenes. And you'll see them. They're, they're in glass, and they're in wood, and they're in stone, and they're lovely. But Maureen says no. A crib is a crib, it's a crib, and there has to be a crib in the church. And that little custom, tradition that she mentions of people taking a piece of straw out of the crib, the child taking a piece of straw out of the crib on Christmas Eve Mass or Christmas morning Mass. I've seen, I did that myself as a kid and did it with my own kids. And I love going to see, I mean, look, I'm not a big Mass score, 
at all, at all, at all. But Christmas time, I do go to the church and I take a piece of straw out of the crib. But Maureen, and there's no straw either in, in Maureen's local church. Should the church have a... Just throw it out to you. And I know it's not an earth-shattering issue of the day. I know it's not going to stop the world from turning. But does Maureen have a point? Um, churches are changing. But should they keep the old traditions rather than put in new ones? What do you think? 0818 96 96 96. Now, different subject entirely. Francis. Good morning. How are we? Hi. This is your daughter you're calling about. It is, yeah. Now, she was in. She was heading to um, a party Friday night last week. Yeah. Um, she had got the bus from where we live up in Dillon's Cross okay. to town, and then she was getting a taxi from town out to Furry's Walk Tavern. Okay. Now, so she got the bus to the Grand Parade, um, had seen the taxi rank, went over, um, approached the taxi driver, and he said, no, he said, why don't you go and walk? It's only around the corner. Refused her point blank. Um, there was a couple behind her, she said, Dublin accent. Um, they looked like they'd only been visiting the city. He'd also had refused them. Um, it seemed like the distance they were going wasn't long enough for him. Um, the Friars Walk Tavern she was going to, yeah? Yeah. And she was on the Grand Parade and he, he said she should... Yeah. That, that's a fair old skip. I think um, it's about a 15-minute walk. Could be, now, yeah. 15, 20 minutes. It's black. Out, like, there isn't an exact bus route out there, so it's pitch black. She's a young girl, 21 years old, heading to a party on her own because she was meeting her friends there. And it just, I just kind of, I suppose, setting it out. Look, people are being refused, and, like, she is a young girl. Now, thankfully, she went over to the South Mall where an elderly taxi driver was there. He picked her up and was appalled by what had happened. Yeah. And went for straight out there. Yeah, my own daughter had an experience. She's 26. She had an experience, actually, last weekend as well. She was out. Um, with friends on, was I think it was Friday night too, and the guy refused to bring her to Douglas. I can't understand it. Like, they're getting a standard fare for just even picking them up where they That's are. Right. You get in, you get in, and there's, there's a couple of quid on the clock, yeah. Yeah, so it's not like she's asking for a free ride, you know? So I just can't understand this, why they're refusing. Um, I know it's a short fare, but, like, in the same breath, anything can happen between where he would have picked her up to where she was going. Yeah. Because like, Friar's Walk is fairly dark, like, it's not an overlit area. Oh, yeah. I, I know where the tavern is, and, and, and a fine establishment it is, but she was trying yeah, to get there from from the Grand Parade. The Grand Parade. That's, that's, yeah. He said it's only around the corner. Yeah. It's a good 15 minutes walk. It is, yeah, at least, I'd say. And, like, that's if you were going a bit of a pace, I'd say. That's well, if you know your way. Like. She, probably, she might not have known her way. She didn't actually know. She would have had her maps up on her phone. So she would have been like that now, watching her phone to where she was going because she wouldn't be used to that side of the city. So that takes her eye on everything else that's going on around you, I suppose, while so your awareness has gone there. Yeah. God, that's amazing. So I just wanted to uh, flag it like that. Because like, that, it is I, happening. Like. I would have thought that, first of all, I don't know what it is when you sit into the car now, but we'll say it's four quid anyway when you sit into the mm. car. I probably have taxi drivers on my house now telling me it's not, but we'll, we'll imagine <laughs> it's, it's four quid. And then 
that him in traffic. So he'd have probably been lifting at least a tenner out of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And he wouldn't take her? He wouldn't take her. And the thing was, I was on the far side of the city. He had taken me, I don't know, were you around traffic on Friday? It was absolutely traffic. So I dropped my husband to the market he takes Christmas night out. And she'd rang me to say, taxi drivers are refusing me. I'm like, oh, God's sake, I'll try and get across the city. I got as far as Bertrick's Bridge, which probably took me about 20 minutes mm. from the Mardike. Um, I said, look, I'm not going to get across. I said, go to the next taxi rank. Surely someone will pick you up. Mm. If not, wait where you are and I'll come around and try and get you. But I couldn't get across the city. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, she had missed that lovely taxi gentleman good. that and, had and dropped good, her out. And good for him. And good for him. I'm not too sure. I'm trying to think of any bus that goes directly past it. I don't think there's one. I think there's a 16A or something, but that's still streets and streets from where she was actually going. Like, there's not a direct one there. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a pub you'll find if you don't know the area. Like you, it's And it's far yeah. more than just around the corner. Yeah, no, that's it, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But I said I'd, I'd um, let it be highlighted, I suppose. Oh, no, she I'm, was I'm glad that you did. I'm upset be... as well yeah. in the sense that she was after being refused. She goes, Mum, I didn't think they could refuse you. I was like, they're not supposed to. Mm. She didn't so try she... any cab behind him in the ranks there or whatever, no? No, um, no he was um, a disabled driver bus um like the few shows, the long ones in the blue. Yeah. Um, no, it said um, if it was the case, look, he was keeping it for a disabled person. She would have been quite happy with that. Like, look, it's for a disabled. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, then, I'm have disabled access now because you can only yeah. get a new taxi on the road now if you have it anyway. So, so yeah, no, that's, that's a, and as I said, now that's the second story from Friday night. My own daughter caught up with another a series of them, two or three different taxi drivers. Uh, refused to bring her home. I think she, she, she eventually got got a bus in, in the end um, because we have on the 24-hour bus route but she'd come out of where she was. She was with, with friends and she was trying to get a bus and four or four taxis refused to bring her to Douglas. And then with this guy down on, on the rank, the Grand Parade Friday night and Frances's daughter, 21, on her way, had got the bus down from the north side of the city and wanted to get a taxi to the Friars Walk Tavern from from Grand Parade and your man says ah that's only around the corner she can walk up there only around the corner 0818 96 96 96 it does seem to be though that a lot of taxi drivers are refusing people because they don't want the journey they don't want the small the relatively small fare it's not fair it's not fair at all right Premier League live back at 96mm.ie this weekend with Trevor Welsh and the team, Saturday afternoon, powered by Talk Sport. Live coverage of two games. Manchester City versus Crystal Palace. That's at three. And Burnley against Everton at half past five. Plus, of course, all the other news as it comes in from around the grounds. Premier League Live online with Harvey Norman. your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday on the Corks 96FM app or at 96FM.ie. Uh, I'm not going on the same church... The same church that Maureen was on about, someone else is saying that they have a tap for a fiver donation box as you go in. Uh, it's voluntary, but it's there. Yeah, that's that's common enough now. I've seen that myself in one or two churches and the tap for a fiver. I don't mind. I don't mind that. Um, hi, PJ. People, people just expect everything to happen without offering any help. In our church, we ask from the altar for help organizing, say, Easter. 
and Christmas. It's left to the same few people every year. My friend and I have been doing the Christmas tree for the last few years. Those who put up the crib have been doing it for as long as I can remember. The priests are getting old and regular attendees need to step up and give a hand. Oh, so you're suggesting that one of the reasons there mightn't be a a crib in Maureen's church is because the volunteer power, so to speak, isn't there to put it up. Mind you, I'd say from the sound of Maureen, if you gave her a few sticks of timber and a hammer, she'd knock it together for herself and a bit of straw. But maybe that's a point. Maybe in some churches now there just isn't the, the volunteer power to put the crib together because there's a bit of a structure. A bit of work involved in it. Thanks for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I've seen those tap for a fiver. You can tap for a fiver or tap for a dinner in a lot of churches now. A donation box at the back. That that's that's not exactly new. I have seen them. Thank you. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Corks ninety six FM. With your local mace, amazing value, sure to make you smile this Christmas. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. For fantastic quality and great taste guaranteed. Choose Griffin's Potatoes. Pinks and Roosters. Corks 96 FM. The lines are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Corks 96 FM. Brendan Kilkenny was on earlier this morning talking about loneliness and how his experience of loneliness for almost two and a half years um, changed his life and now he's discovered how to deal with it and having sorted it out for himself he wants to teach other people how to sort out loneliness we were you we podcast that afterwards but in the course of it we were making the point that loneliness can affect you whether you're 17 27, 47 or 77. Doesn't matter. Loneliness is loneliness and can affect people of all ages and all generations. And and you can be surrounded by people and still be lonely. In Brendan's case, what happened was he used to work in a place where there was nearly 400 people and he was the life and soul of the party. He was an entertainer and a DJ and all these things. Then he retired and there was nothing, just him and his pitch and put clubs, literally for months on end and we got this message in I'm I know the elderly struggle with loneliness PJ but I'm 28 I'm a mom of three one of my kids has additional needs I've lost so many friends because of the difficulty with my child's needs I never thought I'd be so lonely at this age I went from being in college living my best life to being the loneliest I've ever been that is so sad that is so sad, and it, 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 it resonates with me. Not that it happened to us, thanks be to goodness, but when you have a child with additional needs, sometimes you lose friends. I, I've known it to happen. When you have the child that has the additional needs, there's so much more you need to put into minding that child. 
And sometimes friends drift. They're not real friends if they do, but sometimes they drift. And you're left on your own. Thank you for that. 28, I hope something happens for you uh, to brighten up Christmas. To Maureen and the crib in the church. And look, I know there are bigger things. I know there are bigger stories out there and more important things. And we'll talk about them too. But the fact that there's no crib in her local church is bothering Maureen. They've replaced it with a little nativity scene of a couple of statues on the altar. She says, it's not the same. It's not a crib. I want a crib. And she also doesn't like the fact there's a Christmas tree on on the altar or or the lighting and all that. But um, the priests have told her that they're doing the nativity scene now instead of a crib. And she wants the crib. Uh, Mary says, I agree with Maureen. She has the courage of her convictions. I also believe that the altar is no place for a Christmas tree. I'm not so sure about that, Mary. I like to see a Christmas tree in a church on the occasions that I would visit, but I would much rather see a crib. I'm kind of with Maureen on that. I'm, 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 I, I like to see a crib in a church. And then Rob says, lads, lads, it's 2023, not 1950. Ireland is a different place now, and we're much better for it. Gone is the fear and dictatorship of the church. They ruined so many lives and families. People can believe if they want to, but Cork has bigger problems to be highlighted. Love the show. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for the message. We we know there are bigger problems. But it's Christmas and people like cribs and Maureen felt aggrieved that her local church has no crib. And I do personally like to see a crib in a church. I'm not a big church goer, as I said, but Christmas is a time even the most even the most non church going person will stick their head around the door at Christmas. And it's nice to see a crib. But thank you, Rob. There are more more important things, and we will discuss them. We always do. 0818-969696. Speaking of which, is Santa bringing gadgets for your youngsters? Is Santa bringing maybe a tablet or or a phone or any other such things? Devices, shall we say. Uh, Is Santa going to leave them under the tree on Christmas morning for the smallies? Maybe he will. Then you, as a parent, have certain duties uh, to protect your kids and keep them safe from what they can find on those devices. Ronan Murphy, Group Chief Exec at Smart Tech. Ronan, we've talked about this before. You give your child a phone, you're opening them to what can be a very dark world. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Indeed, yeah. I mean, it's um, when you look at the internet, I mean, there's lots of different studies have been done, but... I mean, from the outset, it's important to understand that approximately 40% of the internet, well, they they reckon on the studies between 20 and 40% of the internet is is pornography, pornographic images, and they estimate that up to 70% of it is harmful content. So, you know, debt and depravity and so forth. So therefore, protecting children and exposure to both pornography and to harmful content, it's a it's a crucial aspect of digital safety and it's a, it's it's very very challenging for parents because irrespective of how you connect to the internet once you're connected there is a gateway uh, to these to this type of content which is obviously problematic there is a thing too it's not just a phone it's not just a a tablet or a laptop that can connect them they can get in through gaming machine or, you know game game consoles and stuff like that Absolutely. I mean, if you're if you're a if you're a predator of children, where better to hang out than inside in one of these, um, one of these virtual worlds where you've got, um, you know, thousands of kids, um, roaming around making friends. <laughs> so you're, you're you're spot on. I mean, social media, gaming, 
online. Um, it's a, the whole thing is 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 problematic for parents. Mm. So how do look? Kid, the, the the day is long gone and the horse is long since bolted. That we don't ask Santi for 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 phones and tablets. We wish we we, we wish that they wouldn't ask, but he he's going to be asked and he's going to bring them. So how do we protect the child when you hand them that piece of equipment? Yeah. So look, given how tech how tech savvy children are now. This has to be both a mixture of technical and common sense in terms of, let's say, communication. So I'd break it down into two buckets, right? And I base this on my experience working in cybersecurity and dealing with some absolute horror stories where people have become victims of um, their children getting compromised because of being online, right? And I typically break it down into the first bucket is just common sense. And that's where you have to have open and ongoing kind of communication, uh, talk freely to your kids about anything that they encounter online, whether that's pornography or that's harmful content from the wars in Gaza or Ukraine or whatever it might be, right? So open communication helps them to kind of trust and to, 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 to come to you if they encounter anything which, which bothers them that they see online. Obviously also educating them and teaching them about the dangers of, of um the gaming consoles and making friends with strangers, what best practice looks like, sharing personal information, being cautious about accepting friends' requests, and then most importantly, talking about and communicating with your parents anything you see which is harmful that they might encounter. And they will encounter that stuff. I mean, so if you don't have it, if you avoid that conversation or if you put your bury your head in the sand, mm-hmm. um, th- th- that will be a big issue. And then there comes the... Um, the, 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 the technical aspect of it, right? Um, and the technical aspect is far more difficult because remember, most eight-year-olds now are probably more tech-savvy than their parents, right? Um, they're, they're, they're literally wizards. It's incredible to see. So, um, but there is there is kind of common sense uh, techniques that can be implemented. You can install parental controls uh, to block, you know, block specific websites and restrict mature uh, content and so forth. And these can be regularly reviewed and updated. Now, look, there's ways to bypass these as well. Yeah. Ronan, are there apps? I've heard this before. Are there apps that you can put on, say, your phone or your tablet that will let you know what your kids are looking at? There is, there is. There's there there's different apps and there's different um, controls that can be put in. But for every control you put in, uh, this is not a silver bullet, right? You must remember that there is ways around this. Now, it is easier when they're younger, right? If they're five or six or seven, there's it is easier to control. But as they get older, as they become teenagers, as they get phones and iPads and laptops, it becomes increasingly difficult to manage and to monitor. And considering some of the statistics I gave you a moment ago, BJ, when you consider the vast majority of the internet, it's either pornographic or harmful content, it is going to be difficult mm. to try and avoid this. And and again, a big problem here is that you have um, people out there who try and groom children in the places where children hang out, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. I'm not trying they to hide in plain sight. They hide in plain sight, exactly. So therefore, you know, some of the biggest risks here can be how you interact uh, with with people you meet, or like I mean, look truthfully, the biggest horror stories I've ever I've I've personally had to kind of get involved with over the years have been where people have themselves of their own accord put themselves in a very 
damning situation where they've either filmed themselves doing something or they've shared images of themselves or they've they've, they've, they've done something really silly in terms of accepting money for someone or something like that. Mm. So there's lots of different risks. Um, installing the technical controls like um, parental controls and, you know, safe browsing apps and uh, these different technologies certainly help. They become more difficult to properly enforce the older you get um, as your kids get older. So I, I, I do think that the common sense aspect of this often goes overlooked or divided because it might be uncomfortable. Uh, but it is ultimately going to be the most important piece of um, solving this for parents in terms of their kids, you know. There's another thing that happens, and I've spoken to people over the years, Ronan, in that particularly with the likes of gaming consoles, for goodness sake, don't put your credit card number on the console. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, well, the same goes for apps, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they end up spending virtual money on, on road books and all these other, uh, all this other uh, uh, virtual stuff. I mean, you you literally can get cleaned out. I, I would be surprised if there's any parents who actually fall for that anymore. I mean, I think everybody has been stung at some point with it. So, I mean, um, there's ways now where you can put money into a Revolut and give them a virtual card mm. to use and so forth. But I mean, it literally feels like you're burning money when you're when you're putting in when you're buying virtual money with real money right yeah yeah so just be just be careful and there are are there websites you'd recommend Ronan that parents can can look this stuff up and pre-prepare themselves Yeah, look, again, look, I'll just, I'll just summarize what I've said, right? The first is common sense, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's having that open dialogue, building trust with the kids. And then the second one is, you know, there's lots of uh, companies like Trend Micro and so forth who will give advice on good techniques for installing uh, controls around their children. Obviously, as I said, that gets more difficult the older they get. But I think it's important to remember that protecting children from either pornography or harmful mm. content or good digital behavior, it's a process. And it needs kind of consistent effort, open communication, and then kind of staying vigilant, following best practice, and remembering that there isn't just any one place where this can occur. It can, as you said, in your dead right, PJ, it can, it can happen in a, a, a gaming environment. It can happen on social media. It can happen while you're browsing. It can happen while you're messaging. I mean, there's there's literally a million different ways this can happen. So. At the end of the day, truthfully, an awful lot of this will come down to common sense and it will come down to good communication with your kids. All right. Ronan, thank you very much. Ronan Murphy, Group Chief Exec at Smart Tech, and happy Christmas to you and all of your crew. And we will talk, no doubt, in 2024, Ronan. Thank you for that. There's a thing about the internet, you know, um, and you can be accused of scaremongering, and I'm not. I'm not scaremongering, but I, I do remember an expert in child protection telling me one time how perverts and you know what I'm talking about, pervs were using a supermarket advert on the internet to groom children they had found a way to infiltrate a perfectly normal everyday ad for a supermarket to draw children in and that's where the grooming started and literally on the internet, take it from me, check it, if check me, Ronan would agree with me, check me out if you don't believe it. There is a pervert on every corner of the internet. This place is crawling with them. So be careful if you're giving your children, if Santi's bringing anything for the kids, there is a pervert around every corner of the internet. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. Christmas!
Christmas with your local maze. Making your Christmas extra special with festive offers. We've given away thousands of euros. On the Corks 96 FM 10K Toy Giveaway. That was the most highest pitched scream I've ever heard. Oh my god, they're weak into the club. Congratulations, you've got some money to do to a shop as well. Oh, I'm jumping on my back. Thanks so much, Izzy. Thank you. You know, Christmas. I love Christmas. Merry Christmas. We've just given away 10K. With your local credit union helping you have a wonderful Christmas. Stay listening for the next big way to win. Only on Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 This is the Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, I told you Aiken Promotions were starting a press conference. Uh, it will open, the marquee will open on Friday, May 24th. Friday, May 24th with the Coronas. They will open the Marquee 2024, the Gavin James is in there. Bingo Loco has been announced today. Christy Moore's been announced. You couldn't do it without Christy. Jenny Green and the orchestra are back. Mick Flannery, that'll be a great gig. And Biggest Disco, I'm going to that myself. Biggest Disco is on Saturday, 22nd of June. That'll be a great night. So there's nine gigs that have been announced this morning, and no doubt there will be more. But uh, Live of the Marquee 2024, kicking off on the 24th of May with the Coronas. So that's the announcement they've made this morning. If I get any more, I'll bring it to you. 0818969696. That lady that was on to us, who's a mom of three, and one of them has additional needs, and she's really, really lonely, and she's only 28. We've had some advice for you, and I will get to it in the minute. But I was driving through Toker uh, the other evening. I, I picked uh, my daughter up from work, and we were driving... I was driving her to town, actually, as it turned out. <laughs> and I passed... Your house, Con Luxford. And I thought, did he have to get permission from the airport to light those lights? <laughs> they are fabulous, my man. Absolutely. <laughs> As always, of course. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good to talk to you again. Right across from Supervalue is See, the house. PJ, PJ, you wouldn't believe the trouble I have with Cockley Airport. <laughs> Every time they want to land the plane, would you ever turn the bloody lights off so we can get our planes in? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's magnificent. It's fabulous. It's beautiful. Thank you, Remind I us again, kind of the story. That's why you do it with such a labour of love. We do it because our daughter died there nearly seven years. It'll be seven years now in January, and we we always put up the lights on her behalf, as it was tradition with her to get the lights down from the attic, and uh, she tormented her mum and she tormented me and. We'd go on and be a big argument, and eventually the lights would go up then. Yeah. But uh, it, we lost her there nearly seven years ago. You were on holidays, weren't you, when it happened? We were away for three days with one of my sons and one of my grandchildren. And um, next week we got a phone call, and we had to fly back into Dublin, drive down to Cork, and the rest is what it, what it is. No, it's history now at this stage, but... She's never, never a moment from her thoughts. Yeah. Katrina. Her. Yeah. Katrina, yeah. What age was she when she died? She was actually 30. 30. Okay. And yeah. she, but she was a big kid and she loved Christmas. 
Sure, she loved Christmas. She died on Dad's bed. Okay. She 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 knew where she was going when 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 she knew Dad wasn't there. Okay, man. Sorry about that. No, listen, hey. I know you've told me the story before, but it, 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 it's never easy. So, you, the, the lights you do in, in her memory, and you do it also for charity. We do it for Penny Dinners, and she, she was always talking about Penny Dinners, and she turned around, we turned around and said, well, she always loved it, so that's why we're doing it. We're doing it on behalf of Penny Dinners. And PJ, they do need the money to feed the people that are here in Cockney at the moment. Mm-hmm. They, it's atrocious what's going on here. Yeah. People sleeping on the streets there, nothing to eat, not not even the clothes on their back. I mean, it is hard. And for Katrina to carry on, we need every penny that we can get for to help her. Yeah. So you light the lights of an evening. Have you a collection box or how do you do it? I have a collection box out on, out on the wall all the time. And But if you don't want to put her into the collection box and you'd like to meet us, Please knock at the door. We'll come out and we'll greet you and we'll even take photographs with you if you want. Yeah. And please, please, bring the children so they can see the crib. Yeah. And not only that, Peter, I have something else. Right. We have a hotline to Sandy. Have you now? And we, we can check the list. Oh, very good. Who's naughty and nice? Very good. Yeah. Oh, we're in contact all the time with Santi, and we have the play plan for Christmas Eve. Yeah, I know. I see the the the, the T-shirt and the doll said the other day that that um, flight clearance had been given, and that was very important because with all the stuff going on now these days, Santi has to get in. Oh, without a doubt. And I, PJ, we appreciate you ringing us and letting us uh, say about the story about my daughter and about the lights far painted on us. We have so anybody wants to come in and talk to us, anybody wants to make a contribution, if they don't want to put it into the box and they want to put it into our hands, we will make sure it will get there to them. Okay. So my son does all the lights. No, we don't do it anymore to Jason because we're moving on now in this small bit of age. So uh, Jason, no, but uh, don't tell him that I told you that because they turned on. Oh, yeah, you're giving it a again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, you, you, you'd be hands on yourself all the time. And of course, how, how's Aileen doing? How's mum? She's alongside of me here. Just say hello. Hi, PJ. How are you, girl? The, I, I passed the other night, I, I passed the, the, the other night, I was driving my daughter into town, and I went, oh my goodness me, look at that. Look at that again. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's stunning. Oh, well, it's worth the cause. Isn't and it I just? I hope all over that tree. The same as I say, for all the years we've been doing it now, you know, that we get enough again for, you know. Right. She definitely needs it. Katrina's seen it to me. She worked very hard. Yeah. But I think woman's a saint, to be honest with you. Oh, really. absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know how she does it. Uh, she she keeps going every day. Every day is a work day for for Katrina Toomey and, and and the crew in the Penny Dinners. Yeah. To you both, a very happy Christmas to Jason who put them all all the lights up this year. And the pictures are on our Twitter. It's stunning. Drive up past it, past the Super Value. Thank you both. That's uh, Con Luxford and Aileen. They put the it's it's you, you'll see the pictures on our Twitter now. But go and see it up by the lock. Down there, the, the the big super value in Toker, they're just across the road from it. It's fabulous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it's raising money for 
Cork Petty Dinners, there's a collection box. But if you want to knock on the door, you'll be welcomed in. If you've smallies with you, if you've smallies with you, Con can check the lists with Santi. And that's important. So in case the kids aren't so sure, have they made it to the all-important list, then maybe Con, Con can definitely check it out there and then. So come along, throw a couple of quid in the box, knock at the door, and, and get pictures. Get pictures. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. It's it's just a wonderful cause, and they're lovely people, and they do it every single year in memory of their daughter Katrina, who died suddenly in twenty seventeen. There's more deeds have come out about the marquee. Yes, they have had to move it. Um, the uh, eagle-eyed among you will have seen that building work has started on the traditional marquee site. So Peter Aiken announced this morning that the marquee is moving. It will go to where Ted Castles used to be. So just over the road, just round the corner, a small bit, in the same part of the city. So they will erect the marquee for 2024 at the old Ted Castles site. So still in the, in the same part of the city. That's the first bit of news come out this morning. Also, there will be 19 gigs. 19 gigs. Um, nine were announced this morning and there'll be some international names to be confirmed early in the new year. This will be 19 years. What? 19 years of the Marquis. What? 19 years of Live at the Marquis this year. And it's moving to Ted Castle's site. And nine gigs announced today and there'll be another ten announced in the new year, which is great. We were wondering what was happening with the marquee. We were getting a bit worried about the marquee, but no, it's going ahead. It's going ahead. Now, down to the Bray Rose we go. Uh, Brian, you're doing this toy run again. You, you, started, doing, you started doing this uh, a while back, and it's, it's, it's re- really big for you every Christmas. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks, BJ. Yeah, well, during lockdown there, um, uh, my mum passed away, and I was kind of wanting to do something in honour of her. So we, we started collection in the Bray Rose during lockdown for people to drop in stuff. And we go out and we'd help the homeless like with old uh, jackets and sleeping bags and tents and all that kind of crack. And then when uh, I wanted to do then something for the kids that I found out, like I was in a refuge as a kid myself. And I know Christmas, the, the, the parents in the, re, in the, in the refuges and uh, the sheltered accommodation, they've no money uh, for presents for the kids. And so uh, I started doing the toy drive and then on Christmas Day, myself and uh, Larry, my second chef, my wife and my daughter, Nola. Uh, a few other helpers would come in and we'd cook up uh, about 300 turkey and ham dinners and with the help of uh, Richie Abbott from uh, uh, Cork Prison, they give us a van and uh, they delivered them throughout the different uh, uh, resources that Edel House has. There's Red Cliff and uh, River Stick and mm. they've hostels and there's like there's kids going to wake up this Christmas in B&Bs and uh, bed sits with no cooking uh, facilities and stuff like that. Uh, uh, there's over 200 kids in Cork this year mm-hmm. through uh, Edel House that uh, they're um, accommodating throughout the city. And even as far as Burton Event and Down in Cove, and we deliver Christmas uh, dinners all the way up to Middleton and all over the place. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're in Christmas Day doing that. But before that, we've got a toy drive. It runs up until the 22nd, which is next Friday. Yeah. Uh, we've had a Oh, no, the Cork community, I'm not from Cork myself, I'm a, I'm a mead man, well originally from Cavan, but uh, I left Cavan when I was very young, ended up in the women's refuge up there and um, 
uh, moved down here. I'm down here about 20 years now, and the Cork community, uh, they really get behind uh, their own, and I couldn't do this without them, so I'd like to give a big thank you mm-hmm. out to all the supporters that I've had for the last four years, and uh, uh, they really get behind this, and uh, I'm really grateful for that, and for the owners, Peter Fatty, and before him, Liam Fatty, uh, Peter's dad, and Fanola, uh, for giving me the facilities to do this, because yeah. without the facilities, being able to store all these ties and come in here Christmas Day and use the facilities and like my suppliers this year now I've got a, a CL Meats they give me the meats every year for the turkey the turkey and hams and um, Keelings are giving me the veg this year Palace give me stuff and, isn't, uh, isn't it fantastic uh, how good people are Brian when you know at, at this time of the uh, year yeah Ballymaloo House gives me the cranberry sauce the last few years uh, my bread man gives me some breadcrumbs for the stuff and it's a real community get, get together and, uh, and you do 300 300 hot dinners on Christmas Day. You have the toy collection running up to it. And then our Darren is in with you. Um, our Darren oh, from next, the production next department. Is there. That's right. The, the charity That's a great night. Oh, it's a brilliant night. It's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, brilliant night. Uh, he does it here every 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 uh, Taurus night. It's a free quiz. Uh, but uh, next Taurus, they will be having uh, a raffle. And we've got some spot prizes. If anybody else would like to donate a spot prize, we'd be more than willing to take them. Build up the raffle a bit. But uh, Darren, Darren really, really makes a, a, a good night. Uh, it's a great night out uh, for young and old. Uh, it's a smartphone quiz, and uh, it's a, it's great crack. Yeah. Uh, we are we we have one or two tables left for it, but uh, we're nearly at capacity. It sells um, out, doesn't it? It does. It packs out, and you have a big you have a big oh, like, place there. The Brown we have a massive huge. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was in there is, in, yeah. in the summer. I was in there. I was in there for a pint, a, a bite, a bite of lunch one day. Where does this place end? It goes on forever. It's enormous. It's great. And we're constantly adding on to it. Recently, we added on Umbrella Alley, which is a, an outdoor area to our jazz cafe area. It's it's uh, totally covered and heated. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's a great addition to the Fantastic. place as well. So Darren will have a packed house on the 21st. That You're accepting toys right up until the 22nd, oh. and you'll do yeah. how many, 300 Christmas dinners on Christmas uh, Day. Well, yeah, there's, there's, well, there's 200 kids, and then there's obviously their parents, uh, our parents that we have to cater for as well. Good so everybody wakes up Christmas morning with some extra presents from Santi and uh, a, turkey, a hot turkey and ham dinner then, uh, yes. at, at dinner time. Wonderful. Brian, you're wonderful. You do, and you do a great job every year out there at the Briar Rose. The toy run, the Christmas dinners, and the quiz uh, for the the less well off and those in a, in refuge, and as, as as Brian says, he knows what it's like to wake up in a refuge on Christmas Day. So he wants to he wants to make it a little bit better for the people who do. Thanks, Brian. Good luck with that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. Email opinion at ninety six fm dot This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox ninety six FM. Everyone's got a concert in the next week to 10 days. They'll be everywhere, and we'll mention as many of them as we possibly can as we head up towards uh, Christmas, and we'll finish up uh, tomorrow week. But there's a huge night at the Opera House on Monday, December 18th. That's their uh, Christmas concert. It's a massive event. But a very special performance will form part of that concert, a performance by the kids and teachers from St Killian's Special School in Mayfield. Joined, first of all, by Eileen Gleeson, who is Chief Exec of the Opera House. Eileen, it's a huge night for you. It's a huge concert every year, but these are very, very special guests. Good morning to you. 
Good morning, PJ. Uh, yeah, it's our Christmas concert that we love every year. We put so much into these concerts because they're a real kind of showcase of the brilliant things that have happened on our stage throughout the year. So we stuff it with the best singers and the orchestra and it's a big, you know, really lavish concert. But this year, we were very fortunate to come across St. Kilian Special School Choir who are brilliant choir this school is so important PJ for so many reasons mm. but really for us it's just about making space for these children to, and including these children in what we do they're an exceptional school they're a brilliant choir they work so hard to be brilliant and I'm just really excited to share their wonderful talent mm-hmm. uh, with the people and it's really important for the operas as well to make sure that children like the children who go to St. Killian's have every opportunity to be on our stage. They're just as they're just as welcome here as they as any as any child is. They'll be sharing the stage and, on the night with my dear friend Karen Underwood and I think people don't realise the work Karen does with kids with special needs and additional needs, bringing them the joy of music. Yeah, I mean, Karen is really gifted at this work, you know, and she has worked really hard with St. Killian's over the last couple of months to, to, you know, bring them to the point where they can get on stage at the Opera House, you know. She has this really amazing way, Karen does, of, like, meeting kids on their level, you know, it doesn't matter what child it is or what kind of complex, you know, background or, or, or needs they have, Karen is just so completely understanding of everybody and completely inclusive of everybody's needs. So it's really been a joy to see the relationship develop with St. Killian's. And I really can't wait to see what they bring on the night. It's just going to be absolutely so special. Let's bring in Sue Lenehan, who is principal at St. Killian's. Hiya, Sue. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Okay. You're all excited. Oh, we are. We are. We've just finished uh, our final practice, actually, before we go on uh, on stage on uh, Monday, you know, for the dress rehearsal. So we've had a fantastic. Are we, are we allowed to know what you're doing? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little snippet. So we've got um, a school song that we learnt this year called "Together." So I suppose it's all about community, and it kind of reflects St Killian's in terms of you know the work that we do with all the children in you know Cork County, and as far as we can get, you know, we have children with very complex needs and uh, a lot of uh, disabilities. So I suppose it's that, and then we're doing a, a Christmas song as well. But I won't tell you any more than that. You'll have to come. And- <laughs> You've about ninety pupils there. School's going really well. It is, yeah. So the school's expanded massively. I mean, we took three new classes this year and we had three new classes last year and there's another bit of a building programme coming down the tracks as well. So, you know, we're going to be absolutely massive. Well, we're massive already, what with our singing talents and everything else we have, but, uh, you know, in terms of physical space, you know, the school is growing at an awful rate. So that's fantastic. And I suppose I'm really proud to be part of this. You know, we're providing you know, much needed places for children with lots of different needs. And I suppose it adds to the vibrancy of the school because our school community, they're just, the children are just so amazing. And yeah. the staff who support them are also amazing. So it's it's wonderful to work in such a great environment where everyone is just so positive, you yeah. know? And you've been working with Karen and she works magic when she, she brings does. music to she a classroom. Does. She does indeed, yeah. So the children respond incredibly well to her and she's so wonderful because she's very... um you know, respectful and understanding of their needs as well. So it's wonderful to work with somebody who really understands the children so well. Eileen, are there tickets left for Monday night? Very, very few. Maybe you could pick up one or two. Um, But yeah, it's like it's very, very busy on Monday night. Um, And I think it's, you know, it's a testament to the excitement that's out there around around the concert and and the inclusion of these kids in it.
All right. Listen, great excitement ahead of it. The Cork Opera House Christmas concert with special appearance by the kids and teachers of St. Killian's Special School in Mayfield. And they'll be accompanied on stage by uh, the wonderful uh, Karen Underwood. Thank you to Eileen Leeson from the Opera House and to Sue Lenehan, principal of St. Killian's School. Now, we had that message in earlier on from that young mom, very sad. Earlier this morning, and you'll, you'll get it on podcast, I spoke to Brendan Kilkenny, uh, who has kind of made it his work to help people conquer loneliness, like he conquered his. And you can can hear that podcast, we'll put it up a little bit after. But one point we made was that loneliness is something that can affect people of any age. We had a, a message in from a mom, she said, Hi PJ, I know that the elderly struggle with loneliness, but I'm only 28. I'm a mom of three, one of my kids has additional needs. I've lost so many friends because of difficulty with my child's needs. I never thought I'd be so lonely this young. I went from being in college and living my best life to being the loneliest I have ever been. That's a sad message. Somebody recommends that you contact Quidu. C-U-I-D-I-U. Their parents support. They're on Facebook, Quidu. Just put that into the search and it'll come up. It's a group of mainly women and a lot of them based here in Cork and they all have kids of various needs. Some have no additional needs at all, but many kids have. And they're very supportive of each other. And they meet up. So pop onto that Facebook page and you will surely find a friend or someone to talk to for Christmas. 0818 96 96 96. We've been having fun all week with the Everyman sending you to the Panto on the 29th of December. Going to see Beauty and the Beast at 7 o'clock. But for two families today, we'll also be sending you to Sano, Cork's newest pizza restaurant, which is down there on Parnell Place. And we wanted the best presents ever. Now, I'm told, Antoinette, that you're nervous because you're waiting on a a trip to the dentist. So tell me what's your your best ever present. What was it? Well, the best one that I've ever and probably will ever get was the day Katie came home from hospital. It was actually Christmas Eve. She was born three months premature. And obviously, like, I was stressing out because I didn't want to be splitting myself with Christmas, like, mm. in a hospital and whatever. So the night before, unbeknownst to me, the nurses had told Katie's dad that she could come home the following day. So he told them not to tell me so Christmas Eve, he said, look, he said, I'll go in, he said, this morning, he said, because you're busy and whatever. So he got out of the house, snuck the car seat and all out of the house, I didn't even notice. And an hour later, he came back, and I was ready to poke the head off him, like, <laughs> to go, like, Why? like, what are you doing back here? Like, the child, you know, she needs somebody with her, like. <laughs> and he just popped her up on the kitchen counter. <laughs> and I swear to God, <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I could never ever ask for a better Christmas present than yeah. all my kids at home at the one time. Yeah, I know. I know. Poor old Rob is no longer with us, but but um, you remember him every Christmas no, Eve, every very especially. Yeah, because of that, you know, it's kind of like her birthday as such, because that's the day she came home. Yeah. So you can't. We always remember him then Christmas Eve and. Just do kind of something, you know, just to remember him on that day. Yeah. yeah. Because 
Hang on a second before you start giving out. Here. And he just said to me, will you relax? And he just popped her up on the counter. Obviously, I couldn't argue then. That's the best. You're outside the dentist at the moment. I am. I'm sitting waiting. Are you nervous? I hate the dentist. What a passion. I'm in pain, so I have to. Yeah, yeah. Bite the bullet, as they say. I used to. I I'm used to. Go, I, can do so. I have a lifetime, a lifelong fear of the dentist until I found my I, present one. So I, 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 I know exactly how, what you're going through. Take it easy. You'll be glad. I know he is lovely, though. But I just know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to, we're going to send you and the lads, and I assume you'll bring Katie off to see Beauty and the oh, Beast on the 29th of December, and bring them for pizza before that. Uh, Thank you so much. We better get the teeth sorted before you can start noshing down on on pizza. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Angela, have a happy Christmas, everyone there. Take care of yourself. That's that's a beautiful story. Um, um, That's a fabulous story. Right, we go from there to Ovens. Hello, Diane. Hello, PJ. Hi. What's your story? Um, My story is, was it, um, we do Secret Santa in our house of me and my husband and the kids mm-hmm. and we normally do that it has to be something you make and that there was no money involved it could be a picture or whatever um, so about three years ago my daughter was 10 at the time she had me and um, she got a little matchbox and she painted it black and she put uh, a top of a bottle on top to make it look like lens and she painted it all black and it looked like uh, a camera and then when you opened the matchbox, um, it was a strip. She had printed out pictures of me with the kids and mm. with my friends. And it looked like a camera strip. And it's something I will just cherish forever. It's wow. just so, it's just, yeah. How old was she at the time? She was about 10, I think. Wow. Yeah. That's creative yeah. thinking for a 10-year-old. Very creative thinking for a 10-year-old. She's just amazing. Do you still so, have it? I still have it. It's beside my bed. Lovely. How old is she now? She's 13 now. Okay. So, yeah. Brilliant. And the, and just pictures of you and your friends and you'd no idea. She got the... I, she'd squirreled them to, away and you never knew anything about it. I didn't know anything about it, yeah. She was like... Because she was like, oh, can I have your phone for a second? And she was, you know, sending pictures of... that were on my phone to herself and printing them out. Yeah. Oh, so a little that's squirrel. That's so, yeah. So it was really lovely. That's brilliant. All right, we've had listen. We've had a great reaction to this all this week, but you and Antoinette are the two that stand out today. So I'm going to send you, Diane, and the gang Thank you along so much. on the 29th, uh, seven o'clock. It's Friday, and before that, we'll feed you two at uh, Sano on <laughs> Parnell Place. Uh, feed a pizza before you head off to to the Evermenu. That's lovely. That's really Thank lovely. Thank you so much. Thank Cheers. you so much. Thank you, Diane and uh, Antoinette, also uh, winners today. Thank you both. Today, we were looking for your best presents. Now, tomorrow, we want your worst. It's Friday. We want your horror stories. Your horror stories tomorrow. And it'll be with Thompson's at the Everyman. So you'll be going to the Everyman and be be going for Grub at Thompson's before that. So think about that now for Friday. Your last opportunity to get in on this. It's such fun and some great stories all week with the Everyman. 
and our various restaurants. So tomorrow, start thinking about it now. The worst Christmas present you ever got. And why it was the worst. That's it for now. Program edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. All your podcasts up in a little while. And we'll talk to you tomorrow just after nine. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96 FM. With your local maze, savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.